strange stories of peculiar people and extraordinary events throughout history. This is Notorious Narratives. Hi, and welcome to Notorious Narratives. I'm Robin. And I'm Jen. And today we're going to talk about the Limp Mansion, the tale of the cursed family. The Limp Mansion, as in not hard, but Limp. Limp. L-E-M-P. Limp. Limp. Okay. Uh, All right. Like hemp, but with an L. There's no CBD oil in this in this story. No, 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 no. Something better, though. Something better. I like it. So the story of a mansion in St. Louis, Missouri, a property declared in a 1970 issue of Life magazine, is to be known as one of the nine most haunted places in America, is actually no undocumented tale. In fact, the Lemp family, one of 19th century's beer barons, was played with as many suicides and untimely deaths as they were blessed with wealth and power. So much so that many Lemps believed that their family was cursed. Beer baron. Beer baron. As in like Budweiser beer? <laughs> oh boy, here we go. No, Are no, Clydesdales? No, no, no. Okay. So Johann Adam Lemp, also known as Adam. So when I refer to Adam, I'm going to talk to you about this guy. He left Germany to try his luck in America. He settled in St. Louis in 1838, opening a grocery store in which he sold beer that he brewed himself from a family recipe. By 1840, demand for Lemp's beer actually became so great that he had to close the grocery store and establish the Western Brewery. The beer of German immigrants, such as Lemp, was new to America. The term is derived from the German word called Lagern, meaning to rest or to store, is what we know now as lager. Yay! Lemp, like other German brewers, moved to St. Louis, and they did so primarily because of the large system of limestone caves that ran for miles underneath the city streets. So Lemp bought a property near a natural cave in which he stored his lager. In this time before refrigeration, the cave was perfect because it had a cool environment for the task. And he also made the caves cooler by ice blocks that were carved from the frozen Mississippi River. Adam was the first brewer in St. Louis to manufacture this light, effervescent beer that we call lager. Now I wish I wasn't drinking wine. So by 1860, Adam Lemp was the leader in St. Louis's uh, beer brewing. He brought his only son, William, into the business, who proved to be an even more astute businessman than his father. When Adam died in 1862, William was there to ensure that the business would continue to prosper. So once William controlled the Western Brewery, his talents for streamlining and efficiency became evident. Deciding his father's process of hauling lager to the cave by wagon was unnecessary, so he built a new brewery, situated directly over the Lemp Caverns. Reasonable. Mm -hmm. The complex that William built, including a large brewery, offices, an ice house, a bottling plant, took up a full city block and was constructed using the latest in technology. By 1877, Lemp Brewery was ranked 19th in the country in terms of distribution reach, size, and success. Anheuser-Busch, another St. Louis brewing company, ranked 32nd that same year. Ah. So William married Julia Fiker in 1861. In 1868, Julia's father, Jacob, built what is known today as Lemp Mansion, and it was likely that he used money that was helped from William. You know? And so in 1876, William bought the Feichardt Mansion, at which time he then began to renovate it in the grand style. William and Julia moved into the lavish home, outfitted with the most extravagant textiles and modern conveniences of the day. I bet they had an elevator. What is that thing that... Dumbwaiter. Thank you. I'm and like, you guys so, didn't see that, but I was using my hand gestures. A butler's pantry, pantry, dumb waiter, an elevator. I don't know what else they had. Probably a refrigerator. Probably. 
It's a real fancy business. So in 1878, William Lemp was the first St. Louis brewer to install a refrigerated area in his facility. This new technology freed him from the reliance of his caves, and in time, the caves were then converted into private underground amusements, such as a theater, a bowling alley, and a concrete-lined swimming pool, complete with hot water piped in from the brewery. So they piped hot water into the cold cave. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, I want, feels like, oh, you're going to get in the hot water and you're going to get out. It's going to be cold. Because it's like always like 40, 50 degrees in caves. It's true. But it's also pretty cool to just sit in a heated pool in the cave. I'm just saying. Fucking rich people. I know. I know. You know? So the Western Brewery was incorporated in 1892 under the name of William J. Lemp Brewing Company. As his brewery grew, so did William and Julia's family. Between the years of 1862 and 1883, the couple had nine children, one of them who have died from infancy. From the oldest to youngest, Lemp children were Anna, William Jr., Louis, Charles, Frederick, Hilda, Edwin, and Elsa. So when the brewery was incorporated in 1892, William Lemp Sr. appointed his sons, William Jr. and Louis, as vice president and superintendent. Both were trained and college-educated in managing the businesses and the process of brewing the Lemp's lager. William Jr., who they called Billy, and Lewis embraced their positions in the family business and as wealthy, powerful members of St. Louis society. Billy was active socially and had a reputation as a flamboyant playboy, and Lewis was the avid sportsman, horse breeder, and racer. Billy eventually married a young woman named Lillian Handlin, a wealthy socialite known for her beauty and exquisite wardrobe. Because of her fondness for wearing lavender clothing and outfitting her accessories and horse-drawn carriage in the same color of lavender, people called her the Lavender Lady. Sure. Hi, everybody. I'm Katie Segal. And I'm Kurt Sutter. And welcome to our new podcast called Pi, People, Influences, and Experiences. Yes, it's sort of the uh, get to know you at a deeper level, the who, what, when, where, and why you are rather than what it is you do. Absolutely. We're not going to talk too much about what people do. We just want to know about their families, where they come from, you know, what shapes their parenting if they have kids, what shapes their marriages if they're married. We just want to be really nosy. We want to get in there. A deep dive into nature and nurture. And we started it because there are a lot of people that we don't know that we are curious about. Right. And I have no friends, so for me, it's, you know. Try like, to get them out of the house. Listen to it on whatever you listen to. <laughs> Podcasts on yeah, podcast your, 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 your podcasting apparatus. Watch it on the YouTube. He's aging himself. Despite Billy being a- appointed vice president of the brewery by his father, William Sr.'s son, Frederick, was said to be his favorite and his first choice to run the company after his death. Frederick immersed himself into his job and brewery, evidently aware of his future as heir apparent. When Frederick began to have health problems in 1901, he took time off from extended stay in California, hoping the warm climate would benefit his health. I wonder if he had the consumption. I don't know. So after a few months, just when it seemed as if he was improving, Frederick died at the age of 28. Oh, bummer. One primary source attributes Frederick's death to be in mysterious circumstances, but others say the cause of death was heart failure. Heart failure at 28? I mean, that's what happens when you slowly take poison for years. Sure. So William Lemp took the death of his son exceptionally hard. His friends at the time said that he never recovered from his tragic news and seemed to lose interest in his business and his life. William went through the motions for three years, at which time he lost his best friend, Captain Frederick Pabst, a member of another brewing company. Pabst. 
Yep. William withdrew further and sank deeper in depression after death of Pabst. He was uh, observed going to work and sitting at his desk, staring off into space and making nervous motions with his hands. On the morning of February 13th of 1904, William was alone at the Lemp Mansion except for his servants. Lying in bed in his second floor bedroom, William shot himself in the head. He died later that day. At the time, his brewery was valued at $6 million, but his personal assets were worth $10 million. So a year later, William's widow, Julia, was diagnosed with cancer. She suffered with disease until March of 1906, when she died in the same bedroom in which her husband had shot himself two years earlier. After his father's death, Billy assumed control over Lemp Brewery. So yet he seemed to excel more at socializing and partying than in business. Billy was said to participate in wild evening escapades. I mean, me too, Billy. Many in the caves underneath the mansion, fueled by alcohol and rumored prostitutes. Billy's bad boy ways and lack of time spent with Lillian and their son, William III, continually upset his wife. Lillian filed for dessert. <laughs> Lillian filed for dessert. What no. she means is divorce. It Love was it. not a key lamp pie situation. So Lillian filed for divorce in 1908 on the grounds of mistreatment and desertion. She claimed that Billy brought women into their home and entertained them in her private space while keeping her on a tight leash due to his jealousy. In return, Billy accused Lillian of the Victorian female infractions, such as using foul language and constantly wearing lavender in public as a ploy for attention. I mean, oh, Billy. <laughs> serious female infractions. So news of the divorce proceedings between the millionaire and local Lord. celebrities captured the public interest. Of course they did. <laughs> Newspapers and gossip columns reported daily on the courtroom events. Political cartoons even lampooned the circus-like atmosphere in papers. The cross-examinations warned the couple, each of whom broke down at times on the stand. In the end, the divorce was granted and Billy lost primary custody of his son. By 1913, Lillian was awarded the largest monetary divorce settlement in the state history at that time. I mean, he was banging prostitutes in, in a cave. cave. <laughs> it's like, that's, that's some real bad behavior. Mm-hmm. I don't know how much, I mean, I don't know how much money you'd have to give me for me to be okay with that. And his counter was, oh, well, she wears a lot of lavender. Serious Victorian female infractions. Serious. Lavender. I thought they were going to say that she had hysteria or something. Maybe like, I got her a vibrator and everything. All the modern conveniences. <laughs> oh. oh my God, Victorian female infractions. It's going to be like in my head for so long. So Billy's next bit of misfortune came in the form of the 18th Amendment, which put prohibition into effect in January of 1920. While other local brewers like Anheuser-Busch remained in the black due to sales of non alcoholic non-alcoholic beer, and other items, the Lem Brewery failed to return a profit. Billy adopted a bitter, dejected attitude about the turn of events. He made a little effort to keep the brewery afloat. Some surmised that the children of William Lem Sr. were so wealthy that they actually didn't really care to fight when business got tough. Yeah, these kids are fucking douchebags. <laughs> Meanwhile, Billy's sister Elsa Lemp lived in a mansion in the central west end of St. Louis, in March of 1920, she and her husband reconciled after being married and divorced in the two previous years. Only 11 days after their remarriage in New York City, Elsa shot herself in the head while lying in bed after a night of insomnia. Upon hearing about the death of his sister, Billy blurted out, that's the Lemp family for you. So in June of 1922, Billy sold a Lemp brewery for pittance, a move which added to the, his depression and feeling of failure. On December 29th, 1922, Billy sat at his desk on the first floor of the Lemp Mansion and shot himself through the heart. He dilated that day. His son, William Lemp III, exclaimed upon seeing the body of his father, saying that he knew it. He knew that this was going to happen. Family curse. I mean, don't they say that 
the more people around you commit suicide, the more that becomes like it becomes the viable solution if that's what you've learned from now what four people in your family. Yeah. And I also think that they had the resources and the stuff available to them so easy as well. Yeah. I mean, these were not people who lacked resources. Mm -hmm. These, you know, they're very privileged, wealthy people. But when you learn suicide as a solution and an answer, I think Mm -hmm. that there is, I don't know what the percentages are. I don't want to pretend to spout them off. But I do know that there's a seriously increased risk of suicide in the family once there's one. I mean, I mean, I, that in and yeah, of itself I, is a I, curse, I think. Yeah. I, so William Lemp III tried to bring back Lemp beer after prohibition was repealed. His attempt to resurrect the Lemperary dynasty was short-lived. His family's country estate in which he lived was foreclosed upon, and his marriage ended the same year. It was an ugly divorce, reminiscence of his father's. William Lemp III died an untimely death with a heart attack at the age of 42. In 1929, Billy's brother, the reclusive never-married Charles Lemp, had moved back into Lemp Mansion with his dog. He reportedly never entertained or enjoyed social outings. Those who knew Charles described him as a sour, angry man. And in 1941, Charles sent a letter to a local funeral home, giving them explicit instructions in the event of his death. He requested that his body not be bathed or changed prior to being cremated. He wanted no funeral service or published obituary. And eight years later, Charles shot his dog and then himself in a limp mansion. He was the last limp to occupy that home. What in the actual fuck? So, <laughs> so okay. So the suicide in the family, I get that. I understand there's an increased risk. I'm going to focus on something a little bit different. Health. And I'm going to say, why didn't he want his body unclothed or washed. I don't know. He had some real serious body shame. He was a sour, angry man, so I don't know if it maybe was... Maybe he just had an, a micropenis. Or, or maybe he just had a deformity that he, he didn't really want to show off or yeah, have anyone something. know. I know. There's, there's, a, there's something there. Mm. I mean, there's only so much suicide we can talk about tonight, Robin, before I have to make a joke. <laughs> and if I have to turn it on a dime, I'm going to go with micropenis. But the fuck? You shoot your dog a dick. It was also strange that being a part of the Lemp family and he just wanted no service, no published obituary. He wanted actually no mention of him whatsoever. Yeah. So I don't know if it was because maybe he just felt like he was a black sheep and he was afraid of if if someone did find him and wash him and do everything for that, then they'll be able to say, oh, I touched Charles Lemp. He died. Blah, blah. To me, it sounded like this guy just wanted to die and have no one know about it. Sounds to me like an angry curmudgeon. So Billy's youngest brother, Edwin Lemp, lived a long, reportedly happy life to the age of 90. He lived in Cragwald, what is now the St. Louis suburb of Kirkwood. He was the last of the William Sr.'s children to die, a lifelong collector of artwork and artifacts from his world travels, as well as being the recipient of many luxurious items from the estate of his wealthy family. Edwin requested that all such items be destroyed after his death. Though no explanation was given, it has been speculated that the request was due to his fear that the limp curse might live on in family heirlooms. Yeah, that's... I mean, but he had all of them and he wasn't cursed, so... I think... And he wasn't he wasn't the youngest. Elsa was the youngest. He wasn't the oldest. He was just middle set. I don't know. He was just like the happy one. Yeah. He's like, I'm I'm living. He's like, I don't know. I got married to a lady that likes me. I traveled the world. 
I got some cool stuff. So the Lump Mansion became a boarding house when it was sold after Charles's death. The once magnificent structure deteriorated and was in a severe state of disrepair when the Richard Pointer family purchased it in 1975 in order to convert it into a restaurant. As they worked to renovate the mansion, the Pointers experienced a number of unexplained occurrences. Once, when Richard Pointer was painting Billy Lump's former bathroom, he was frightened so badly that he had to leave. He actually ran out of the house and described in the event that he was just painting the bathroom and he felt like he was being watched. I need, All right. a, lot, I need a lot more stuff than being watched. Well, so here's the thing. I am an unbelievable scaredy cat. Mm-hmm. At least three times a week I run from my bathroom to my bedroom because I'm scared someone's looking at me. <laughs> but I don't think that I'm cursed. That's all. No. He actually said, he goes, I started working again and again and I got the same feeling. So without looking behind me, I cleaned my paintbrushes and got the hell out of there. There you go. Pointer hired a local artist named Claude Breckwald to restore the mansion's hand-painted ceilings. So Breckwald was not informed by Pointer of anything strange going on at the mansion. Yet he too had a similar experience. They're looking at you. Yeah. Breckwald left without cleaning up. He didn't wash any of his brushes. He didn't even lock the door behind him. He says this place is crazy. You must have a ghost in there or something. So I like how the guy's painting. Yeah. He's, he's like, I'm like, out. Yo, fuck that. And then he hires a painter. <laughs> and the painter's like, And the painter's like, I'm leaving all my shit. Bye. Yo, fuck <laughs> that. Leaves. So Pointer's son, um, Dick, was once sleeping in the mansion alone. Let's just His take a Dick. moment and enjoy the name Dick Pointer. Go ahead. It's Richard Jr., but they call him Dick. So Dick Pointer was sleeping in the mansion alone except for his Doberman Pinscher Shadow. He and Shadow awoke to what sounded like a loud bang or kick outside of his bedroom door. A subsequent search of the house turned up with nothing. One night, Dick was closing the restaurant with an employee when they heard two keys being played on the piano in an empty mansion. A search for anyone who could have made the sound was fruitless. Dick and his sister Patty and various Lump Mansion employees and guests have experienced unexplained events too numerous to recount. These include a candle on the mantel being inexplicitly lit, which I don't believe. The drawer of a furniture piece that belonged to the Lump's opening closing without the aid of a human hand. Uh, glasses moving, objects disappearing and reappearing in different locations. Soft dis- uh, disembowelled voices and hearing the clip-clop of a phantom horse hooves. The pointers say that over the years, they've lost a number of employees due to unexplained phenomenon in the mansion. One such incident involved former waitress Bonnie Strayhorn. She explained that early one morning, I was going through the house, making sure that everything was as it should be as the restaurant opened, when I noticed a dark-haired woman seating at a table in which was originally the Lump family dining room. They were facing away from me, so all I could see was the outline of the shoulders and head. I was surprised to see someone in the restaurant so early, but I asked if they wanted a cup of coffee. They did not answer, and when I looked away for a moment to flip on the light, I turned around and they were banished. Strayhorn quit her job that day and saw employment elsewhere. She said it was impossible for anyone to be sitting there and then have them exit the room without her seeing them do so. Today, the Lent Mansion is a restaurant, bar, and event space, as well as a bed and breakfast. Patrons visit there to drink, dine, and explore the resort and mansions to satisfy their curiosity about its reported paranormal activity. In some years during the month of October, haunted houses are set up in caves beneath the Old Lump Brewery, which are pitch dark and have required visitors to take an elevator several stories underground or descend an old spiral staircase to the caverns below. All of this is super cool. If any of you have ever been to Lemp Mansion, if you have any good stories, please send them to us. Uh, we promise that we will put them on the Instagram. Um, yeah, so you know I'm a huge skeptic. Mm-hmm. So, I don't buy any of it. Definitely no curse. 
just a family of super entitled people who were prone to serious depression, mm-hmm. um, really intense depression. That's really, really sad. So much That's really so. sad to like. That I feel bad for Edwin. Like, of course I feel bad for everyone, but Edwin was the one that lived so happily and he loved his life. He lived to nine years old and here he's he was just chilling. All of his family members. Yeah. He was like just chilling and I was like, fine. And he's just going to funeral after funeral yeah. after funeral, watching his fam, like his parents and his siblings just dropping like flies. I don't know. Anyway, but I'm telling you. I've been a waitress. I've opened early in the morning. If I ever saw somebody sitting at a table, I'd fucking Scooby-Doo. <laughs> Scooby-Doo run. Like spitting in the air and just falling behind. Yes. You. But I'm a terrible skeptic, so. There's I, a lot of things I don't believe, I, you know. and So uh, I get the heebie-jeebies constantly. Everyone's always getting the heebie-jeebies. But it's, a, but it's it's funny because they're. You're like, I do not believe that the candle got lit. <laughs> no, no. I'm like, I do not believe that, by the way. But no, I just think it's so funny that, I mean, I'm sure that. People have witnessed something in their life, whether they felt a little off, they heard a noise that can't be explained, but these people are actually dropping their shit and they're getting out of there. So I think there's a lot more description that they're not telling us. Yeah. Yeah. But hey, if like like Jen said, if you have any uh, stories and any experiences, please share them with us. Okay. Yeah. So that's the story of the Lent Mansion, the tale of the cursed family, just another notorious narrative. Have a show idea? Send it on over to us along with any questions, comments, or corrections to NotoriousNarratives at gmail.com. You can follow us on our Instagram at NotoriousNarratives and Twitter at NotoriousTales. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Every review helps other listeners to find us. Thanks so much.